Today's episode of Golf in the Mind is brought to you by coconut water, which I recently found out has a lot of potassium and that helps cure hangovers. And I'm assuming everyone out there has a master's hangover. So drink a lot of coconut water. You'll feel better. Also, you can watch the RBC Heritage this week. That'll cure, cure the lingering effects of these golf hangovers from the Masters. I'm Jack Schultz. I'm here with Mike Miller. Hello. Hi, Mike. Uh, a lot happened this past weekend. More, more so than a typical major, would you say? I would say that there was a lot of different storylines going on at the same time, and most of them did not have happy endings. Yes. Well, there's only one. I mean, who is who said the quote like there's you second is still losing? That was probably Tiger. That was probably Tiger. Every everything good in golf came from Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> um so Danny Willett's happy, everybody else is sad. And I think for me the biggest the best part about this year's Masters was it is that it wasn't last year's Masters because that was boring to watch. Remember that when he yeah, was, was Sunday Spieth was just and, Sunday was just boring last year. Spieth and Justin Rose and I mean this Spieth, year this year on the back nine you just had no idea. Yeah, I mean, I wish we could have uh, our. I had a prediction market going for uh, whether Jordan Spieth was going to win the Masters this year after thirty six holes when he was up. Whatever. I'm I'm curious after eleven what his probability of winning would have been what would you put it at what what was his i mean what was he up he before was at or he hit his tee shot in 12 what what was he up okay was no like actually five? let's go let's go back to after after nine because he was at seven i think he went i think he bogeyed 10 bogeyed 11 quad 12 yeah oh so he was so he's at seven seven under i think he was five or six shots up i mean so he's, he was five up after 11 I mean, okay, hey, we're going to get a second Tiger reference here, but like I think I feel like in my mind at least I was comparing him to Tiger where that's so shut of a tournament when he's six up. And that's just not the case cuz he's not Tiger. So what would you put it at? Like 80, 90? Oh, five shots up with seven holes to play? No, no, no. With nine. With nine to play, seven shots up? Oh, like 96? Yeah. 98 the, the thing with those percentages though like if you put it at 90 percent that means one out of 10 he's gonna lose that seems yeah. a little bit more legitimate than say 90 percent right? a seven shot lead it wasn't seven it was six six or five but still based on the way he's been playing right okay a five shot even if he had a five shot lead with nine holes to go i'm still going over 90 yes yeah absolutely um uh I don't know. His whole round was just a roller coaster after the first few holes. Did he? Ha oh yeah, he did have a couple bogeys. He went. He so he was one one under through four with three pars, and then he didn't make another par until uh, what fourteen? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was in the the card of the week, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then even like, I don't know what he did on uh, fourteen, but he birdied sixteen, and. Uh, or he birdied 15 and then 16 to put it close for birdie. And it looked like he was going to, you know, make up the three shots he was down oh, and, come, and come back. And then he missed that big. Were you, and were you uh, who were you rooting for? I kind of like Danny Willett. He's you, on it. I was, I was rooting for Lee Westwood. Is he on your fantasy team? Oh, they both are. 
Willits and Westwood, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'd, I, I have a weird thing with the Masters where I feel like you have to be deserving of winning to win. Like, I don't want a, you know, a garbage player to come get the green jacket and have to play every year. And I feel like everyone up there at the top of the leaderboard that last day was deserving. Even J.B. Holmes. Yeah, well, it's not like... So J.B. Holmes, you know, when he was gone for a while, it was because of illness, wasn't yeah. it? It's not because he got bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was... Everybody at the top of the leaderboard was... I don't know. Say what you will about Danny Willett. Um, oh, I will. He's been, <laughs> he's been a, a solid, solid player for the last couple of years, last few years. Yeah, um... Yeah, I think I think it's just like going back to like the Trevor Immelmans. Like he, he shouldn't have won the Masters. That was a tough win. Even the Zach Johnson was a tough win. Yes, but he's proven that it's it's worth it now. So. Yeah, exactly. Especially by winning the. I Is actually it, yeah. I thought of him. I thought of him because that was such a weird year. Like he's not going to win in any other year except the really windy and cold year. And I thought of him as going to like. Uh, an example to bring up of somebody who shouldn't have won the Masters, but I now him winning the British Open last year and being so consistent over decade or so, definitely, so who, definitely. Who's the, the worst Masters winner, Trevor Immelman, of the last twenty years? Say, yeah, probably. I mean, we can obviously you know throw Mike Weir under the bus again, but I think he was. I mean, he was no, good then. He's got like he's got like what eight wins. Yeah, no, that was, um, I don't know if we talked about it in the podcast, but, uh, or an article on the website where he's got, like, the most wins out of anybody who's under, I think he's 41 or something. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Roderick, he's got, and he's got the most wins. President's Cup hero. When was this? Uh, I don't know, 2002 or something, I don't know, Long, like, Country Club of Montreal, I think it was that. Oh, because he's in Canada, he was playing, like, Anchor or something? Yeah. But... Okay, going back to Danny Willett currently, I definitely think he is deserving of the Masters, and I think this will be a sp- – I don't want to say springboard because he's been good, but there's more to come. Yeah, I think he's been on the verge for a while. The I think the last two or three stroke play WGC events, he's been in the top three. Yeah. I I, I remember distinctly his name popping up at last year's – I don't think it was the shell. It might have been like the. It was the couple events leading up to the Masters, where I was like, "Why is it like he got in because he popped into the top fifty in the world from playing in Europe?" Which is why most people around here didn't know who he was necessarily because he only plays in Europe. But he finished like top twenty in in the couple events leading up to the Masters that he played in the in the U.S. Uh, so he was on my radar, and I think I might have picked him for some DraftKings pick back in the day just because he would be the undervalued type uh because nobody would know who he was so yeah i remember him being in the those draft Kings things so i still did that and he was always at like six thousand sixty five hundred yeah so which is which is way off of what he should have been at and i like how we're sitting here i mean i guess i brought up the point but discussing whether or not danny willett is deserving of the masters of the green jacket when he went out and shot 67 and, you know... He's probably still wearing it. Yeah, reasonably, when he kind of blew away the field. Yeah, he was... I mean, I was comparing his win, I would say, to Charles Schwartzel's. Yeah. Yeah, I know there there was... He 
good. Schwartzville went out and birdied the last four holes, which is like everyone was that day. Everyone was making birdies, and I think Phil ended up taking second. You know, somebody good ended up taking second and just couldn't catch with the number that Chara put out there. Yeah, I saw some I saw some comments on there about how like when Spieth was running away with it about how someone needed to put up a Schwartzel and birdie four yeah. holes and make it interesting again. Yeah, and, uh, Will it, it looked like Lee West was going to after he chipped in, but then he made a bogey. Yeah, the, was it the three putt on sixteen? Yeah, he, he, he chipped in on fifteen for eagle, and then he was at three under, I think. And it, it looked like he was going to put up a, you know, a hard number to match for anybody. Yeah, you know the funny thing with that broadcast was, like, when did they start showing Danny Willett's shots? Like they showed Spieth throughout the round clearly, Smiley at the beginning, Hideki throughout the round pretty much um soren soren was throughout soren was in there oh okay hit soren kelton winning would have been annoying i would not have been pleased to see that he's pretty good yes but is he green jacket worthy no 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 yeah he might be too old to make it well i shouldn't say i don't know how old he is he kind of looks old i think he was look older yeah, I think he like used to be better, and like was in the Masters years ago, and now he got back to where he was. Yeah, I don't know. But but Tom, it was Thomas Bjorn esque. <laughs> but it, but it is funny, like looking at the broadcast and how they decided which players to show. And I know there was a lot of complaints coming out of it that CBS screwed it up and they should have been showing more people instead of just Jordan Spieth. Uh, curious what your thoughts on that are because we haven't talked about that yet. Um, so I was watching the broadcast from masters.com as much as I could streaming it. The final day? Yeah. Oh. Uh, I ended up watching the, the end of it streaming from a cab on the way to the airport in New York. <laughs> how, how was Hamilton, by the way? That was great. Yeah? How were your I seats? Had a, had a really good time. Were you... Uh, the seats were good, yeah. Better... You were in the balcony, right? But We were in the balcony. We were kind of like... Not last row? Not last row. No, we were like middle of the second tier. All right, that's right. You could see things, though, right? Yeah, we could see things. You couldn't see things? Oh, we were the last row when we went. Yeah, but it was like, I was just like squinting my eyes. Uh, it's hard, hard to pick out things. Okay. Anyway, masters.com streaming is good. It was great. That's, uh, honestly, that's, I love the masters because it's, by far the easiest sporting event in the world to stream. Oh my god, yes. And you get like four different feeds. Except these it loads immediately and streams perfectly. Except the announcers. The announcers are such tra- well, the the featured group ones were pretty bad. But the rest of them were good. I mean, I don't even I just put it on mute. I, like when I'm streaming and I'm usually like with people. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I have I have it hidden behind uh chrome tabs so nobody can see it but i have the sound on okay <laughs> you know what the, the other thing they have besides the best streaming that loads right away pga tour live that i've been using is just awful it like it goes between like super high quality and just garbage quality and they can't figure out somewhere in between uh, masters.com is great at that i never had any hiccups yeah i i can't imagine how many people are streaming that and how perfectly it went yeah it's great. They uh, even earlier in the week, the Tuesday, Wednesday, Monday, maybe even, they have two hours of Masters on oh, the range. Oh, Masters on the range. There. It's yeah. great. Yeah, par three contest. 
Oh, the par three content. Although I'd rather watch ESPN so I can hear Mike Tirico talk because I love Mike Tirico's voice. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he's a Michigan guy. Well, I mean, he lives there now. Syracuse. He always posts about that. If yeah, I could listen, he, he is always at Michigan. If yeah, if um, Mike Tirico and Brian Anderson could do a broadcast together, I'd be very happy. Those two with uh, I don't know. Feldo, they... Feldo is a color guy. Oh, Feldo's the best. I know. Oh my god, the... Feldo's my favorite. Feldo. Okay, who else is there? Johnny Miller. No. No, he's he's a color commentary, but he's not. He's fine. I go with fine. Greg Norman. No, they got Paul, rid of him. Who's Paul who's, Azinger? Azinger is the one now. I don't. Know, that was rumors, weren't it? Wasn't it? Yeah, I think that is it. Those are the three. Anyone else do? Gary McCord. Well, Peter no. Jacobson. Jacobson's okay, except for they show too many of his music videos. Like nobody yeah, wants to hear that. Yeah, this isn't about this isn't about you, Jake. G- Gary Coke. Real good. Okay, sure, sure, sure. We need it. We need it. Okay, we need to do an article about our all-star broadcasting golf tournament. Okay. Uh, would it include David Faraday for you? No. Well, on course. On, well, yeah, I'm talking about... Yeah, Give him a course. hole. Give him a hole. Would it include um, Vern Lundquist? Your reaction? Yeah, no. yeah. No, no. Because no, usually no, they no. give people, they give like, what, three or four on course people? The only the- reason he's around is because like he's old and has done this before. I'm just waiting for his Brett Musburger moment where he makes a really obnoxious comment and then they kick him off. Remember, I, I, I you know what I'm he, talking about? Yeah. For yeah, those out there who the, don't, that was during the, I don't know what year, national championship game. Alabama where he, quarterback. Where he kept going on about A.J. McCarron's girlfriend in the crowd. And it was just so awkward. Everybody's waiting for Vern Lundquist to do that. But they can't just kick him out because he's had too many iconic calls on the 16th hole at augusta this that was what i was thinking it's like all right don't give him the 17th or the 18th or just give him a hole that's like not at the very end but you could still have an iconic moment i wrote something about this about how the the streaming at the masters they'd have the amen corners that's 11 12 13 and i was happy this year for 11 they used to uh, only pick up players on their second shot. They threw a camera yeah. up at the top of the hill. Yeah, because they only had cameras right by uh, 11 green, 12 tee box, 12 green, and... The, the, sta- sec- the stationary one at 13. Yeah. Yeah, but they put one up at the top of the hill. So they have 11, 12, 13 covered. They have 15 and 16 covered reasonably. Yep. You know the 18th hole, right? Everybody knows what that looks like, the tee shot and the incoming shot. You know the 10th hole because Angel won there, Adam Scott won there. Like, everybody knows that, you know, downhill to that green. Bubba won there. There's a lot of random holes where I just like, uh oh, that's what it looks like. 14 and 17. Do you have any idea other than just, like, par fours? 17 used to be more famous when it had the Eisenhower tree. That's exactly what I said, yeah. But but, now 17 is just like, oh, it goes up and then it goes down a little bit. I think it dog legs. I can't even tell, but I feel I bad think for it's, fourteen I and think seventeen. It's straight, but I don't know. I think I think part of, part of that's tough. I mean, I feel like it's tough being a par four. Fourteen is fourteen the one that people always hold out on because the greens really back to front. Uh, maybe I feel like I feel like Tiger hold out on fourteen at least once. They need to get better at fourteen and seventeen. I really feel bad for them. On the front nine, they've gotten better. They've gotten better at now as we have live streaming for featured groups. 
they show every the final pairings entire last round. You know pretty much that side. You know nine. You know eight for sure. Um, you know two for sure. Two, uh, man. Two doesn't get enough credit for being a good short par four. Five. Clearly, you don't know it. Two. Two's oh, sorry, point. sorry. Yeah. Three. Uh, am I thinking of three? Three, the one that Dustin Johnson drove. Yeah. See, that it still was a little confusing. Yeah, I remember. I think last year, the year before, uh, who was it? Justin Rose, I think, eagled it, chipped in. See, they should do a redesign and put three where seventeen is now. They should just like flip those drivable par four right at the end. Come on, that would have given Jordan Spieth another chance. Although he can't hit the ball very far. He can hit it plenty far. It far enough. He's higher than average on tour. Barely, though. Anyway, he's not going to be driving par fours. Sure. <laughs> All right. Back to business. Uh, main question here. Did Jordan Spieth lose it or did Danny Willett win? As much as I want to say that Willett won it, I can't because Spieth made a quad. What? All right, explain yourself. Other than Jordan Spieth made a quad. Spieth was six over on the first three holes of the back nine. Okay, that's a little bit more like it. He shot a 41 in the back. Okay. I mean... How many How many back did he finish? I think it was only two back. Two? Two or three. Okay, so he doesn't make the quad and he's winning by... One or two? Yeah. See, in my mind, that makes it a little more... More if... Okay, I... I If he would have just doubled 12, Willett would have won. He lost by and three. Will, and Willett still won? No, Spieth lost by three. Okay. Yeah. So if he would have just doubled 12, and Willett only won by one shot, that would have been different. It, yeah. I mean, but I, with a with a Willett didn't have any pressure at the end. He didn't need to make a birdie on eighteen to like secure it. He's up. He's finishing, and it was like, oh, I've got a three shot lead now. Yeah, I don't know. So let's say Spieth instead of instead of making a quad, he makes a par. He hits it safe on land on that. That means in the end, Spieth would have only have won by one shot, which is a huge difference. Granted, he kind of made a stupid bogey on 17, wouldn't have tried to cut it that close. I mean, you can talk about that for days. Yeah, and he might have had you know less pressure on him on that putt on 16 because he missed it from, what, eight feet or something like that? Yeah. Um, I mean, the thi- like, Willett was so far ahead of Spieth. Like, looking at his back nine, he goes, he birdies... 13, he birdies 14, and he birdies 16 without knowing what happened to Spieth. There's so much less pressure on him, though. <sighs> I don't know. I, th- I think it's a lot easier to make birdies when you're thinking, oh, well, you know, Spieth is, you know, five, six shots ahead of me. What, what does this really matter? Like, you're playing for second place, and then all of a sudden he makes a quad, and it's like, well... I'm a couple shots up because he just went six over in his last three holes. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying that like his good holes were when when he didn't have it handed to him. I don't know. I I mean, he shot he shot a 67 the last round. That's winning it. Yeah, I think that was the best round too. Well, 
Yeah, Matthew Fitzpatrick had one as well. There was some good rounds on the last day. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, he shot sixty-seven too. Fitzpatrick. I, Spieth, I'm, I'm Spieth just, did melt down, but it's not like will it play just par golf to win? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I can see both ways. I'm on the fence here because that's a great position to be on a podcast where <laughs> where uh, opinions are big. So that's cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure people come here to like have opinions or like listen to things and then get all mad and then post comments about it. Yeah, I can see I can see both points of view here. Will it had a very solid back nine, but it, he didn't have a a Schwartzel back nine where he buried the last four to steal it. Yeah, I don't know. I just see Spieth's downfall was two swings, and I don't know if that's enough to say he lost it first. And second, I'm always of the opinion that other people win because I like positives. Because I'm just such a positive guy. His downfall know? was more than two swings. I mean, other than uh, he was it, missing it was a quad. He was missing on eleven and twelve, or on ten and eleven. He did not hit very good shots. No, he didn't. But you take away the quad and he shoots sixty nine. Like that's a good round when you have that lead. You take away yeah. those two swings and he shoots sixty nine. It's such a. I don't. He puts it. He puts his second shot or his third shot on twelve on land. Third, yeah, third shot even. Man, see, that's the kind of Masters final round I wanted. Where. Yeah, because if you if you'd have doubled there, it'd have been extremely exciting. Oh my god! Great, I didn't even think about that. Now I'm getting all excited. But. As as, I think the most impressive thing about the week has got to be. Got to be. Got to be Jimmy Walker shooting a nineteen in the par three. Ooh. So a nineteen is a seven Eight under par. A nineteen? Oh yeah. Wait, no. Wait. He shot eighteen. He shot eight. He shot eight under. Yeah, so he shot an 18. No, it's 7 under. Or er, that's... 27. Probably 27 minus 8 is 19. 19. Right, okay, math. Clearly. And, well, he had a par 5. He had a hole-in-one. I don't care. <laughs> so he had a hole-in-one, seven bir- or six birdies and two pars? Yeah, that's pretty good. 19. Like, that's not even in the realm of possibility. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty good. What about the uh, the hole in ones by Justin Thomas and Ricky Fowler, back to back? That was pretty good. Not as cool as uh, oh, who was it? Louis Oosthuizen. Yeah. Oh my. Okay, so we were watching that in the basement here. I thought it was gonna go in twice. I. That's exactly what I was gonna say. <laughs> I thought it was going in originally. I was like, oh, I was I like, oh no, it hit, hit the ball. It hit the ball. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what we thought here too. Yeah, we we're like, oh, he got screwed, and then suddenly, like, I turned away and was like, an anguish. and then it goes, in, then it goes in perfectly, <laughs> it just, like, like trickles in. It was that was amazing. <laughs> yeah, that that was some good stuff. Um, one last topic about the Masters is the repercussions on Jordan Spieth's life legacy. That None this happened. Twenty-two. Exactly. All right. Good. And the same, okay, none he's 22, and the same for Ernie, six-putting his first hole. Because he played fine after that. Because he played fine after that, and because 
it's one hole in his entire career. I mean, I, like, I hope that none I, of the. I don't know. Watching that, none of those putts. So the last, okay, that last one he missed from like five inches because yeah, he wasn't yeah. really. He was just you know leaning over and hitting it with one hand. But basically, four putts missed inside two feet. No, so he six putted. So three putts missed inside two feet. Yeah. You know who should feel bad about that is the people who made the anchoring ban a thing. Because yeah. if he still had his belly putter, that's why they made anchoring ban a thing. It was for for like, but so what? Like it doesn't give you that much advantage. Have we ever figured out why they did it? They did it because of that. Because players could putt normally and actually play. I don't know. This is, I guess, I a discussion for another time. Do you think Ernie wins the British Open a few years ago? No, but he deserved. Wait, did he win? Oh yeah, he won. Yeah, that's, that's how he was an exemption this this oh, week. Oh yeah, yeah, the Masters. Yeah, I mean, who cares though? Like that's that's a legitimate way to play golf. I feel like it's just somebody's just getting pissed. Like there's no reason to ban it at this point. I would have to disagree. Like the groove rule I can see because like that's a lot of spin. The groove rule it was yeah, it was making rough obsolete. Yeah. Like that's legitimate. Like keeping um drivers from getting too long is a thing. Keeping their heads from getting too big, but belly putters like if somebody's got the yips like that and they're just trying to they're just trying to play and enjoy themselves, come on. Well, if there's who cares if somebody's just trying to play and enjoy themselves if they use a belly putter? I don't care. The USJ doesn't care. Yeah, they do. As long as well, if they're not playing in tournament, they don't care. Well, are you going to go out there and use an a, a belly putter or something even though you know it's like illegal or whatever? No, I play in tournaments. Mm. Yeah, I know. I don't know. I just I don't have the yips. But you could. But I could if I'm 55 and I get the yips and I don't play in tournaments. I don't see why I wouldn't, unless <sighs> the people, unless the people I'm playing with for you know, a dollar a hole or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I just think it's it. completely random. But there's got to be some good backstory to it. Yeah, like some I mean, guy lost a match with an anchored putter and like rah rah rah. I'm part of the USGA. You can get rid of it. I mean, it's the same. It's the same reasoning I think is you can't be you can't like side straddle the ball and putt it. And you can't be behind the ball when you putt it or behind the hole when you putt it. You know what I feel like this this is? It's like um, if somebody in the NBA started... Th- um, granny do, throwing free granny throws? Granny throwing free throws. Shooting, like they take... Okay, you take uh, Andre Drummond. Let him granny shoot free throws. And he starts making 90%. Do you think they'd get rid of it? No. What about... And they're talking about this too for baseball. Of not allowing people teams to put a shift on, saying that See, well, they have to have I've, two sides. I've side heard, of, the, I've heard of that. I don't like that at all. No, exactly. It's but it's the same thing as um, the free throw. It's like just use you, use something that works, and like if people can't but, defend it, then deal with it. I feel like, like I, I feel like this is use something that works rather than like side like. I feel cross. like. I feel like a comparable rule for baseball would be like, so, you know, driver technology would be like them bat, baseball bats. banning the aluminum bat. Yeah. But so maybe, long maybe them banning bunting, like putting your hand on the barrel of a bat above a certain line. 
Ooh. Yeah, I could see that one being an equivalent. Hmm. In, in basketball, I mean, there's really... Because you don't use any equipment other than the ball in basketball. Yeah. And, I mean, you can't, like, hang on the net to, like, pull yourself up to dunk it. What if they had... Um, what if you could goaltend, and then they got rid of that? That would be really... In- oh, no, that wouldn't be interesting. That would just be, be no one would score. <laughs> that would be a bunch of tall people just <laughs> hanging out by the rim. <laughs> What if they had? What if they um, move the hoop up, like to twelve feet? Would that be something? <laughs> yeah, I don't know how that would affect it. I don't know if that would make big people more obsolete or more important. Uh, I feel like that's the same as like, are you going to increase the, the the size of the hole? Like, if you make a hole from the current size to a bigger size, that's pretty much just uh, like the good putters still are going to win. I don't think that would make much of a difference. Oh, it might make like it might bring the spread of good putters to bad putters closer together. But I mean, the good putters are just going to make every twenty-five footer now, that kind of thing. Yeah, but the bad putters aren't going to miss, you know, two footers, five footers anymore. Yeah. What if um, one more rule for baseball? What if they didn't have a home run wall, and it was just like, like field behind the outfielders? How do you think that would change it? Do you think they'd put, like, the super fast guys out in... I guess they are already in the outfield. Would they put him back more, or would they play the same distance, you think? It would make it... It would be some interesting field changes with respect to, like, uh, what the score of the game was. Oh. Or where the runners are. I think you'd see some interesting shifts. You might see like a really shallow. You might see like two outfielders playing deep, one playing real shallow, like the center fielder playing shallow. See, that would be fun. Yeah, that but, could be interesting. But you know, it's never going to happen because that would mean that baseball teams would lose revenue. And you know, if it's one thing that major sports leagues love is money. Yeah, I mean, uh. I feel like golf did it because it takes a little bit of the skill out of the game. See, if you, I don't know. I think it's just okay. Going, this is going back to the yips thing and the long putters. I feel I, like I, it's I just, just. I don't necessarily support taking it out because I think, for the joy of people playing golf, they should. Okay, if you ban it, so just ban it on the PGA Tour. Oh, well, that's no fun either if you have different rules for different leagues. Oh, who cares? Basketball does too. Well, what do, what do they have? Oh, there's different rules, college to pro. Oh, well, college is garbage. Like the, you know, the... But, it's, but, it's, but I mean, it's not something like... I mean, this is like, oh, if you're in college, you can have a long putter. And you're not going to play college golf with a long putter knowing that you can't in the future. Like, that's never going to happen. Like, you play college, and you're like, oh, okay, the three-point line, I'll just move it out. It's still taking think, a shot the same way. But minute. I think we got to pump the brakes on it because it's like, okay, what percentage of people that play golf are playing college golf? 1%? Yeah, but if you're a college golfer, you're not going to be like, I'm going to use a long putter. Nobody would do that. No, because you're like, nobody anyway, nobody used a long putter anyway when we were in high school and college. 
there'd be like one in a one in a hundred people would use a long putter. Well, speaking of long putter, good for Bernard Longer for figuring out a way to keep putting with it and doing well at the Masters. Good segue. Yes. Yes, he did great. Um, I was actually hoping he would win, but they did I not show. They did not show him at all. Oh, after the of, first like five holes, maybe. Well, that's not unreasonably. Same with Smiley. He got the shaft. Smiley, yeah, I can't believe how few shots they played with him, even when he was still within a you know a few shots. You know what the best thing about uh, Bernard Longer winning would have been, is that for the Olympics it would have been like him and Martin Keimer for Germany. <laughs> <laughs> Was Martin Keimer like even? I don't know who are the other Mar- German golfers. Marcel Seem. Seem, I thought um, Bernd Wiesberger, but he's Austrian. Bernd Wiesberger is Austrian. I don't even know what the other Germans are. Marcel Seem. That would have been great longer in the Olympics. That would have been fantastic. Him and uh, uh, the spent Miguel Angel Jimenez. Him and um, who's the other guy? Jose Maria Othabel. You know, okay, I guess we're going to go back to the Masters one thing. Uh, it's it's funny to see these guys like... Um, wait, who who'd you just say? Oh, Miguel Angel Jimenez. Like, seeing him on the range doing his stupid little stretches with a cigar in his mouth, like, was Masters on the range for a while. Like, that's what you expected to see all the time. Like, it's like a major that's the only one he's going to get in. Not the only one, but he'd be, like, featured heavily. And then he gets old, and because he never won, he just, like, drops off the face of the planet. And it's really sad to see that because I love seeing him play. And then you still stuck with Sandy Lyle because he won randomly. Yeah. Kenny Perry, too. Like, Kenny Perry yeah. almost winning that one year. I feel like him, him every year of him coming back to the Masters, getting an interview about how it's great to play with the young guys again, seeing him get old, that had been really nice. Yeah, but I mean, that's... I, I guess that's going to be on hell now, because he's the one that won that year. Everyone, Not everyone can win the Masters. If everyone oh. could win the Masters, then it wouldn't be... You know what I mean? If anyone could win the Masters, then it wouldn't be, you know what I mean, is a great well, quote because that makes a ton of sense, actually. Yeah, what what tournament is comparable to, like, oh, well, all the nice guys won. I want nice guys to win. Yeah. I do, too. Yeah. All, all right. right. All right. Sorry. Last thing. Oh, you got another Masters thing? Yeah. How much do you think you can get in 750 shot credit at Augusta National? <laughs> I'm assuming this is Bryson because yeah. he uh, he was the low amateur. And for those out there who don't know, uh, a lot of these pro tournaments, if you like $750 is the most an amateur can get in shop credit for playing well in an event. Uh, I think Augustine shirts are a little over 100. So I'm going to go seven shirts. Seven shirts? Seven shirts. Although the real move is to get a Scotty Cameron so you can sell it on eBay. Get two yeah, of them. In That's four the or five years? Yeah. <laughs> well, he could probably get maybe he could get like a a Masters logo Scotty Cameron that was seven hundred fifty dollars to begin with with the head cover. Yeah. yeah. Sell that on eBay, take a, like a fifteen percent hit on the price because it's on eBay and and take your cash and go. Yeah. Does a low am get like a green ish jacket? The low am no, gets to sit in the super got a green awkward, vest, just the, no sleeves. The low am gets to sit in the super awkward interview with Jim Nance and gush mm. about how he's just happy to be there, and it's very annoying. Well, the good thing about the Masters is they make them take their hats off when they go inside. But they not? 
They do. So. Oh, could, then because then we couldn't then, wear his hat. Oh, he couldn't wear his hat. Ah, good one. I didn't even see that one. And we can see um, Jordan Spieth's receding hairline as well. Yeah. I didn't. Did you watch the? Inter- you were probably on a plane then. I was on a plane. I did. I didn't watch. That was just going to be awkward because Bryson had to talk and he's really annoying. And then I would have had to see just sadness. But you could see Chris, or not Chris Wood, um, Danny Willett talk about his new kid and his did new he? green jacket. Oh. Yeah, he wasn't going to play this week. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They had him on the, uh, they had, did you see the good stuff of him in the clubhouse where he could like finally use his phone? He was like FaceTiming the wife. And then when he and his caddy found out they won or when yeah. Spieth missed that putt on 17, that was, that was nice. That was cute. Yeah. Okay. Enough of the Masters. We could go on for... We could probably talk about the Masters until next Masters, but uh, this week is the RBC Heritage. We are back back to normal golf. Normal golf. Team RBC. Team RBC. They are playing in not Canada because that's just confusing. Harbortown. Uh, Harbortown in South Carolina. Uh, Have you RBC? played there? Yes. You like the course? I can't remember. I think it was fine. I remember thinking it's 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 a weird course because you play like the first fourteen holes, and the fourteenth hole is that par three with the water that's really famous. Uh, and it's 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 a Pete Dye course that's half Pete Dye. Well, it's Pete Dye, Jack Nicholas. It was Jack Nicholas's first course, and it's got the railroad ties like Pete Dye, but it doesn't have the giantness. Like you play a Pete Dye course, it looks really big. Uh, Harbor Town's narrow and short. So you play the first 14 holes, and then you get to 15, and suddenly you're, like, out, and it's in the ocean, and there are marshes, and there's the ocean, and, yeah, that's pretty, yeah. Much, the, that's pretty much what I remember about the course. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of, I don't remember any specific holes except for maybe the last hole and the first hole. But, yeah, there's but, a lot of, like, wooded, short, narrow shots at the beginning, and then at the end there's, like, 18 has a... 90-yard-wide fairway. Yeah, you can't miss the fairway on 18. Um, it's just a giant bulb. It's a course for old guys to win. It is. And like people who hit it short like and who can putt well, like Brian Gay a couple years ago. And balding guys, like Furyk like and Kuchar. Furyk and Kuchar. Boo Weekly. Is Boo Weekly balding? Oh, God, yeah. Well, not in his face. <laughs> I forgot he's got the beard. Well, he and uh, GDL, Graham Dillette, this week can go and have a beard off. I hope they pair them together. That'd be fantastic. That'd be good. That would be that'd be good. I think, uh, unfortunately, Boo Weekly might have shaved most of his beard at some point. Uh, I have not been keeping up to date on Boo Weekly. Beard watch. Yeah, on the beard watch. Um, RBC is... Besides, uh, they must really like golf up in Canada. Uh, they sponsor two tournaments, this one and then the RBC Canadian Open, which makes more sense considering it's the Royal Bank of Canada. But they also sponsor a whole fleet of tour players, which means that even the week after the Masters, we get a good field. We got Jason Day, Snedeker, Brent Co- or Matt Kuchar, the aforementioned GDL, a bunch of Canadians, Nick Taylor. Who am Grant I missing? McDowell. Grant McDowell. Uh, I feel like I'm missing the top guy. Furyk? Yeah, I might have said Furyk. He's still out because he's injured, the defending champ. Ryan uh, Palmer? Ryan Palmer, yep. You say Ernie Els? Ernie, oh yeah, good point. I totally forgot about Ernie. And then uh, pretty much 
pretty much if you're born north of the border and play golf, you're sponsored by RBC. Yeah. Uh, which means all the Canadians. And then, including Mike Weir, who I got to imagine this is his last tournament. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I hope he gets, I like... I hope he gets better at golf again. I hope he gets better at golf again, too. Uh, actually, well, I guess we can talk about this. Secret Tour Pro on Twitter was complaining that Mike Weir would get sponsors exemptions uh, instead of, like, the up-and-coming guys. And yeah, I can, sure. I okay, can see fine. that from the perspective of a player who, like, wants to get out there, wants to prove himself, and, like, why are these old guys who can't play golf anymore – but I think he's failing to they make the tournament money. And I think he's failing to realize that fans like like it's like having to watch the Brewers this year where there's just like all new players and you're like, this is fine. This is still the Brewers, but I like rooting for the players and I want to see the names I know. And okay. even as a, a bigger golf fan than most people who like know some of the up and coming names, I'd still like most people want to see names they why, recognize. Why don't we have whole tournaments of up and coming players? Oh, you mean the web.com tour? Yeah, yeah, the Nike tour, the nationwide tour. Nationwide, web.com is what it's called now. I know. Okay. Thanks. I had to stop for a second there because I got confused. Um, yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah. I don't think they get the ad revenue that the PGA tour gets, or yeah. the or the the ticket prices. Yeah. Yeah, nobody wants to see the TV money. Casual people don't go to see young guys who haven't proven themselves yet. They go to see names they know. Yeah, that's pretty much the extent of it. So glad for Mike Weir. Hope he gets better. Hope he plays well. But who knows? And the odds are tremendously low of some guy who hasn't proved himself coming out playing as you know first few tour events and making any sort of impact. Exactly. All right. Anything else this week? Uh, I do not. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to some golf where people who hit the ball a long way are kind of handicapped. Yeah, I'm looking. Yeah, I think I'm looking forward to full field events. Uh, what, do we, what do we got uh, next week? Valero, Texas. Back to Texas. Back to Texas. Uh, pretty sure we got. If we're gonna look forward, forward. We have a uh, a roller coaster in our future. Got the players coming up in a few weeks. Players in a few weeks. It's gonna be a loaded the, summer. It'll be good. Big one. Yeah. Then after the players, it gets hot real quick. Yep. Throw the Olympics in there, and they've you're gonna have a few weeks of a lot of big golf tournaments. So it should Olympics, be good. The FedEx playoffs, the Ryder Cup. Yeah. Good for good for the FedEx playoffs. I remember when it came out, we thought it was just like a hoaxy advertising thing, and I guess it still kind of is a hoaxy advertising thing, but. It gets the they, players out and it gets us to care. So good on that. I think they threw down enough money for the for the winner to make it pretty interesting. Ten mil? That, that yeah, they give it. It was ten million to begin with, though, right? What's inflation? No, 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 no. I oh. I don't think it was ten million. To begin I thought with. it was ten million, but like you didn't get it in cash right away. Like it was paid Did, over time. They put it in a trust or something. It's some sort of annuity. I don't know, but I, I know it's ten mil in cash. So I I think when Billy Horschel won, he gave. Uh, ten percent of that to his caddy. Yeah, that's that's the going rate. Well, uh, that's not necessarily part of the caddy's fee. Oh. That's not that's not tournament winnings. I mean, these guys on tour have flat fees for their caddies and bonuses. 
Not the, all the good. The good. The guys who are going to win the FedEx Cup do. Not, not even that. Really? Like a lot of them. A lot of them have like a percentage, and then like if you win, the percentage is lower. No, it's not like, or like, like if you the, take five, a top se- ten. the five seven ten. The five percent of every check, seven of a top ten, ten of a win. I feel yeah, like yeah. most no, of that's the top... not. Those aren't flat fees, though. Those are percentages. No, no, no. I feel like most of the most of the guys who are going to win the FedEx Cup, their their relationships with the caddies are like. I'll pay you a flat fee, and then you get a bonus percentage-wise at the end of the year. That's the way, like, Bones does it. Um, I can see that, too. Michael Greller with Spieth. I mean, Cur- like, curious to know I, imagine, I imagine your players pretty much paying for everything. Yeah. I wonder what that's like when you're on tour with a player. I don't it's know. Like, is he paying for your hotel room? Is the he paying top, for, top, like... Top ones. I know is, that- he paying, is he paying for your food while you're in the hotel? I don't know. Does the tournament? Pay? I know the tournament has like caddy areas. I'm curious, like the quality of that. I feel like we need a caddy on the on the Golf in the Mind podcast. We need I to get some of these. Have. I w- you should caddy at the uh, uh, the one in Madison. Yeah, the the Champions Tour event in Madison. All right, we'll figure. We got to figure out how to sign up, and we can both do it. I don't. I can't take that time off of work. Man, you gotta. Oh, I guess it is only three rounds. Three rounds, Friday, Saturday. You can take a day off. Oh, they well, probably want you to practice to round. Yeah, pro am. We'll see. I'll get. Right. I'll get the guy who shows up late. <laughs> yeah, so, so some caddy gets lost and, or like gets fired on the course, and they give you the bib mid round. Yeah. Alrighty. Yeah. That's it. We're gonna have yeah, the awkward, awkward ending, it. just kind of like tailing off. I don't know what yeah. else to say. I yeah. think we, maybe we need some theme music for next time. Yeah, we can I'll take. Sing. I'll sing us out. Okay. Next time. Oh, next time, not now. No, I I won't. All right, I'll just hit the stop recording button. All right. Next week, bye. Later.